Hi and welcome to the Chad Show podcast. I'm Chad, your host. We are going to listen to a special program right now. I hope you are blessed by these programs. You can find me on your favorite podcast platform. You can find access to them to these podcasts on Google Podcasts, the Anchor app, Spotify, and on YouTube. I will link each in the description box below. All you need to do is to type in the search bar of Google and type in the Chat Show Podcast. Alright, now let's go to the podcast and I'll see you there. Aloha. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. This is a brief, short announcement. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to this podcast and also to my YouTube channel. There will be more um, things I'll be putting up there soon enough, as well as these podcasts. We are coming up to a new month, so please be ready and check out what's coming up this month. All right, so get to check out the show notes as well as the podcast here. Thanks. Now back to the podcast. The study today is uh, end of patients. Um, I, I want us to uh, take a... Uh, and uh, we're going to be revising some verses that we are kind of familiar with, but uh, we might need to go a little bit deeper as always to fully understand what the verses are saying. And especially glean out of these verses any present truth messages that they, that, that they may have. Amen? So with that in mind, let's bow our heads for a prayer. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name we come to Thee, O Lord, seeking the help and the agency of the Holy Spirit. Lord, be our teacher and our guide. Beginning with me, Lord, as your spokesperson. Mute me, Lord, and silence me and take over my every being so that only you will be heard and seen and glorified. Give me the words and the thoughts, the clarity of mind, Father, to share your word and your message correctly and faithfully in this afternoon. Bless everyone gathered here and the families that they represent, Father. May all our hearts be open to thy teaching. I rebuke to thy conviction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The end of patience. Um, like it was in Noah's day. We know that phrase. Uh, in the King James, it spells Noah's name in, as N-O-E. But let's go to it in Matthew 24, verses 37 to 39. And try to understand what Jesus was really trying to tell us there. So here we are in Matthew 27, verses 37, 38, and 39. As I said, but as the days of Noah, of Noah, were so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So right off the bat, Jesus is telling us that soon coming, his second coming, is going to be be surrounded by circumstances just in the days of Noah. Like in the days of Noah. Amen? For as in the days that were before the flood, eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. This is really sad. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. 
few truths that I'd like to highlight in these verses, right? Number one, we need to know what happened in the days of Noah to understand whether we are in, how soon Jesus come. Mm-hmm. If, we, if we have a good hold, a good picture, a good handle of what happened in the days of Noah, then all we need to do is check today. Are they similar? If they are similar, then we know that he's at the door. Amen? Verse 38. Verse 38 is basically saying, these people were just carrying on their normal activities, unaware of what was about to happen. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were what? Eating and drinking. Nothing wrong with eating and drinking. That's just normal things. Marrying. Nothing wrong with this instituted in the Garden of Eden and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Even when the, all the animals were in, Noah's children and, and their wives were in, and Noah and his wife, even when they entered into the ark, they were still carrying on as if nothing was going to happen. Nine. They knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen? Amen. 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 Look at what Ellen G. White tells us about this. How was it in Noah's day? The inhabitants of the anti-diluvian, anti-diluvian world turned from Jehovah, Yahweh, refusing to do his holy will. Very simply put, they disobeyed. Right? The inhabitants of the world were steeped in disobedience. They followed their own unholy imagination and perverted ideas. It was because of their wickedness that they were destroyed. And today the world is following the same way. What are some of the things here that Ellen G. White highlights? They disobeyed, turned away from Jehovah and disobeyed him, right? Mm-hmm. Followed their own unholy inclinations and imagination. Perversion was rife. What does the word perversion mean? What does it mean to be perverted? It's to be doing something that is not normal according to creation rules. The Creator created in a certain way, gave us a certain moral compass. When people deviate from those, that's perverted. It was because of their wickedness that they were destroyed. And today the world is following the same way. She goes on to say this. Presents no flattering signs of millennium glory. The transgressors of God's law are filling the earth with wickedness. They're betting, they're horse racing, they're gambling, their dissipation, their lustful practices, their untamable passions are fast filling the world with violence. Violence, untamable passions, another word for perversion, lustful practices, gambling. The world is anything in that uh, description strange to what is happening in the world today? No, we would say check, 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 check. Amen. That's from Desire of Ages, page six three three. So the time today is just like as it was in Noah's day. Genesis 6, 1 to 7, verses 1 to 3. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, 
Those who came through the line of Seth, sons of God, saw that the daughters of men, line of Cain, they were fair. I call this the Samson problem. Remember, Samson's mother and father said, Samson, are there no fair maidens amongst us Israelites that you can't choose one from the Philistines? So here's it's the same thing. There were, this is a forbidden union. God had told them. In fact, God said, I will mark their, their father Cain. And I don't want anyone you know, to do anything to him, let alone touch him. But here we have it. Beginning of the problem. When they do what God told them not to do. Daughters, the sons of the, the uh, uh, descendants of Seth were beginning to look sideways at the descendants of Cain. Wanting to marry In fact, not only wanting to, they married. Took them wives of all which the men from disobedience. From persistent disobedience. Stubborn rebellion. To bring, to bring about judgment. Because as God says here, I will, my spirit will not strive with you. If if I'm trying to woo you back, woo you back, and you you made it very clear to me and you don't want to have anything to do with me, I will respect your wishes. Amen? And here's God saying, at that moment when God made the decision that my his, his Holy Spirit will not strive man anymore, God said, I'm going to give them 120 days. They know what to do. Those who will listen will live. Those who will not listen will not live. That's always been God's way. You'll beg and beg and beg and try to move us back. There will come a time when you'll say, you know what? I'm done. Why am I done? Because in my divine foresight, I can see that you don't want to change. You made up your mind. So I'll, I'll grant you your wishes. But for those who are still thinking, I'm going to give you some time. The time of probation in your North Day is 120 years. Let me just go out and say it right now. There's no difference between the judgment that was given in those days and the judgment that's about to happen because of three angels' messages. No difference. They are parallel. Look, hear the first angel's message. What is it? <coughs> and I saw another angel, what? Fly in the midst of heaven. Having the everlasting gospel to preach unto every. Them that dwell on the earth, everyone. Kindred, tribe, and people. Okay, close enough. Okay. And then what? <coughs> Fear God and give him glory for the hour of his judgment has come. Yes. Worship him. Who? Made the heaven and the earth. And the sea. The sea. And the founders of the Straight out of the fourth commandment. Obedience is related to the commandment, which is the character of God. Disobedience results in judgment. The hour of his judgment is come. The same, same thing. As in the days of Noah, <laughs> it is happening now. Three angels' messages, messages are being given out. Judgment time. 120 years. Times of Noah. We don't know how long God has given us. But God says you do not, do not need to know how long. If you if if you obey me, the time period does not matter. Amen? It only matters to those who are disobeying. Probation is only relevant or the only people that need to worry are those who are disobeying. If you're doing what God tells you, whether it's one day, one minute, 
for 100 years, it doesn't matter. You know, someone was telling me, you know, John, how long is the time? I said, no need for us to know that. Obey and live. That's all it is. Obey and live. Verses 4 and 5. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into, in and unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were old men of renown. Verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Can you imagine that? Hmm. This is what God is saying. He's saying that if they may be pretending to do the right thing, but their imagination, God could read. See, that's the difference between God and any, anyone else. God can read your mind. And God could see that their minds was what? That every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, continually, never ending. It's like almost an obsession with evil thought. You know, I hope we understand that these guys lived long, right? These guys were living in 800 years, 900 years. Can you imagine living 800 years in rebellion? Constant rebellion against your creed. 800 years. It's crazy. No one they said, you know, my spirit will not strive with men anymore. Verses 6 and 7. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. I mean, that's a sad testimony. From the first week of creation, when he says, Behold, everything was very good. Here he's reached the point where he says, It's repented me that I, am, that I made man. Notice it did not read him that he made the animals and plants. Man. Why? Because he's supposed to be in his image. After his likeness. Amen? And he repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, verse 7, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. What is happening here, folks? Because of man's sin, God is going to destroy everything. Even the ones that did not sin. Even the animals. Even the plants. Can you see what sin does? Sin is a pandemic that affects everything, not only humans, but everything that human beings touch or are involved with. It curses the whole thing. Look at what Alan G. White says. Our last quotation from Desire of Ages, let's, let's read this and see. This is from Science of the Times. In how short a time from the first sin of Adam, it then increased and spread like the leprosy. It is the nature of sin to increase. From generation to generation, sin has spread like a contagious disease. Hatred of God's law, and as a sure result, hatred of all goodness became universal. Iniquity is now universal. Rebellion is now in us. And not just a few. In fact, sinners were, sinners were in the majority back then. In the days of Noah. Amen? Only eight made into the earth. Well, how, what do you think of the percentages now, nowadays? Similar. Out of every, ten, out of every ten human beings, how many of them are believers? How many of them are believers? at least trying to obey God. Be lucky, to reach, lucky if, we, if we reach two out of ten. I'm telling you. Lucky if we reach two out of ten. That's how low it is. It's, it's, it's almost 
one thing that amazes me is that when sin grows, it makes it seem that sin is normal. That if you're not sin or trying not to sin, you're not normal anymore. You say, oh, what's wrong with you? What is, what's this church route you're trying to <laughs> go down in? Mm. Oh, you trying this church thing? I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's odd that someone should try to obey God. That's what sin does. The world was in its infancy, yet after sin was introduced, it soon became fearful in its proportions until it deludes the world. This is what God was saying. Every imagination of their mind was sinful continually. God who created man and gave him with an unsparing hand the bounties of his providence was slighted and despised by the recipients of his gifts. He was dishonored by the beings he had created. Times of the time, December 20, 1877. What was the extent of sin then? Go to verse 11 and 12 in Genesis 6. The, the earth was also corrupt before God, as I was saying. Even the non-human part of creation has become corrupt because of man. Sin, sinful man, whatever it touches, corrupts, corrupts whatever it touches. The earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. All flesh. How true is this? All flesh. Didn't, didn't eight people go into the ark? Yeah. How come it says that all flesh had corrupted his way upon you? Let you think on that for a while. Is it sinful carnal flesh? Is there, okay. is there like a deeper meaning for that word flesh? Like yeah. uh, the carnal flesh or something like that? Okay. Okay. You mentioned earlier that whatever man touched or it corrupted also the animals and all the other right. yep. creation. Yep. But as we found out, even after after the flood, thing didn't end up well, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even those who went into the ark had been corrupted. Yeah, there it is. When I read this, I was like, I said, oh, okay. History proved itself. Here we go. Stormy times are before us, Alan White says. The earth is corrupt and it will increase in corruption. There's no going back to normal, right? But you may have perfect trust in Christ. One day, two days, hundred years, as long as you have perfect trust in, in trust in Christ, you're okay. Time is no no matter to you. It's, it's not a, an issue. But if you're disobeying God, then probation is an issue for you. Because you've been given a certain amount of time to clean up your shop or something will happen. Amen? Judgment should, should only worry people who have not decided to obey God. And I chose my words very carefully. Judgment only will affect people that have not decided to be. Notwithstanding the violence, the crime, the appropriation by men of money to which they have no right, there is the God who is king over the universe. Our God is watching. We are his children, not the subjects of capricious fate. We are God's children. We have, yes, you have, and as you read the words of encouragement spoken by Christ, the sacred promise that will renew the springs of hope, you may rejoice in a living Savior. He is our risen Lord. His promises are for all who will receive. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Amen. This day with God, page 91. So we come to the subject, just gave you a, kind of like a, a review of what, what was happening during Noah's day. So we come to the title of our study this week, The End of Patience. So what is the message of Genesis 6-3? Let's go through that short verse again. We kind of covered it very quickly, but let's go through Genesis 6-3 again. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. Talk to me about this verse, folks. What is this verse telling us? What is God trying to tell us through this verse? Probation is closing. Probation is closing. Probation is closing. God's grace does not mean that he will continually allow sin to exist. That's what this thing is saying. Sin, from where God sits, has a shelf life. One day, it will be extinct. God will make sure. And this is what this verse is saying. My spirit shall not always strive with me. Remember when Jesus says, it's expedient for me to go, and I'll send back the comforter, because he'll do a few things, right? And all those things here is the Spirit fighting, helping us to fight over our carnal nature so that we can obey God lovingly. That's all the Spirit wants to do. Allow us to overcome our carnal nature so that we can obey God with joy. <clears throat> but the Spirit will not continue to do that when it gets through divine foresight, when it gets a picture that you and you or me have decided that we don't want to be with God. We'll say, okay. So be it. How about talk to me about Judas and Jesus? When Jesus told Judas. Hurry up and go and do what you have to do. What happened then? What, what had just happened before Jesus told Jesus to do that? Uh, the spirit, didn't Satan enter him? Yeah, but what did Jesus personally do to Jesus, Judas? Did he give him Wash his feet? You wash his feet and gave him a and even after that Jesus could see Judas has not changed his path Jesus could see and that's why he said go and do what you have to do almost saying you know get it, get it over and done with Judas did not have to do it, but he had made up his mind. In the three and a half years that he walked with Jesus, saw the miracles, all the signs that unquestionably point towards the divinity of this man. The fact that God himself is with this man. In spite of all those clear signs, he fought against his own conscience. The Spirit was trying to work with him. He fought against it, resisted, 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 until the point where it's reached the point of no return, the unpardoned. I'm so glad Everything else that, that happened there was either false repentance or repentance out of repenting the, the consequence of sin, not repenting of sin. Repenting that he was caught, repenting that he uh, didn't get his way, repenting that he knew now that he was going to die because of his sin. But he did not repent of his sin. You know, to change who he was. All Jesus was asking was trying to hear from Judas, Father, Lord, okay. I am a dustable sinner. The worst. Please forgive me. Help. That's all the Lord wanted. 
command to me only that labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest, including Judas. He didn't. Can you imagine when the Creator Himself is washing your feet? Is <laughs> huh? washing your feet, feeding you the wine and the bread, unleavened bread. I mean, your whole being is like in the, under the X-ray. You, you, nothing is hidden from him. All you have to do is, Lord, you know, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Help me, my unbelief. Have mercy on me. Nope. My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Amen? Sad, huh, when you think about Judas. Who else can you think about in that, in, in, where this, the Spirit says, I shall not strive with you anymore. I'm done. How about the husband and wife? Remember what Peter told them? What was the word of Peter? Who came first? Oh, the husband. Okay. What was their sin? Uh, they're holding back. Like, I think they... Is uh, that Sapphira? And, oh, I forget. Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias, yeah. Okay. They promised. They promised. God did not demand they promised to sell their home and return all the proceeds for the work of the church. Mm -hmm. That's their promise. They vowed. Okay. Then what happened? They returned some and kept some. What did Peter say? What made you do this thing so that now you're sinning against the what? The Holy Spirit, Peter said. Wow. Where did you get the courage? <laughs> it was trying to say, <laughs> to try and disobey the Holy Spirit. Don't you understand that he reads everything? That nothing can be hidden from him. That's exactly what Peter was trying to say, but not in that many words. He died. And then the wife came. Someone asked me, John, why didn't he attempt to help the wife and say, before you say anything, think very carefully. <laughs> right? Warn her. <laughs> yeah, you know, give, her, give her something like that, right? Hey, I just want you to know, we just buried your husband. <laughs> right? I mean, something like that, right? But uh, I think I read somewhere in the LNG wife that these two as a couple, they had already planned this. They planned to do this as a couple. Sinning against the Holy Spirit. My spirit shall not. Here's 120 years. They were given 120 years to clean their shop up. Those guys were like instantaneous. The swift judgment. Yeah. But, you know, when you think about it, so they sold their house, the money was in their hands, they still have the chance to return everything. You know what I'm saying? Even if they thought of keeping on, they still have the chance to return everything like they bought. Right? But what I, what I read somewhere was that they enjoyed the belief that the other believers felt that they, they thought that they returned everything. So, oh, thank you so much for, for your sacrifice. People are thinking that they returned everything. And they, and, and they, uh, they enjoyed the, the, the glory, you know, falsely, that they did not deserve. So, I mean, it, it went deeper than what happened right at the last moment. And even if she was warned to, it probably would have just been out of like, it's not true repentance. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be kind of like Judas again, right? Yeah, like Judas. Now yeah. that I've, I've been caught, yeah. yeah it's, uh, but easy for us to say, I'm just saying, don't play with the Holy Spirit. Right. As somebody once told me, Brother John, the Holy Spirit don't play. <laughs> the Holy Spirit don't play. You know, he'll help you, but he, he doesn't play. He doesn't play. 
it is so right. So here we go. We read this. The world was in its infancy, yet iniquity had become so deep and widespread that God could no longer bury it with it. He said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth. He declared that his spirit should not always strive with the guilty race. If they did not cease to pollute with their sins the world and its rich treasures, he would blot them out, blot them from his creation, and would destroy the things with which he had delighted to bless them. He will sweep away the beasts of the field and the vegetation which furnished such an abundant supply of food and will transform the fair earth into one vast scene of desolation. I was uh, reading somewhere else. Maybe I, I watched a, a video on archaeology and it was saying that uh, you know, the cold that we have is the result of the uh, the uh, flood over the last vegetation that was growing before the flood. That is what we now have as coal. I mean, and I'm going like this. The Lord, even in our disobedience, can make something good out of that, out of that thing for us. So this generation is now bent, you know? I mean, think about it. The coal that is a result of disobedience. <laughs> we now we now use for them. I mean, how loving is this God? Uh, it, it, it boggles my mind. I said, "What? <laughs> I, it, it's just this is this is who we're dealing with, folks. This is who we're dealing with. That's why uh, you know when some one of us or any of us decides to not go to heaven, we would have made that choice." In, in spite of all the evidence that God loves us unconditionally. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is there something that the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you to change in your life? Just you, personally. It's time to listen, amen? Mm -hmm. It's time to listen. He means well, but he will not strive with men, always. There is a shelf life to sin from God's point of view. Sin will be extinct one day. So, only eight people went in, and we know some of them were still corrupt, as proven <coughs> out of the flood, right? How about the general spirituality of the people, other people didn't know as they? What did you think? Were they, do you think they were just, at that point in time, they were just hopelessly paganistic in their, in their ways? What do you think? Any thoughts? I think some of them believed. But they were having a hard time. Okay, say that one more time. Some of them believed, but yeah. they were what? They were, they were like on the fence, trying to go both ways. They weren't sure. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Good. Good. Carol, anyone else? I think the, uh, the uh, the pagan practices, um, was so strong that it divided the the people on the ark, the people on the boat, you know, because if you read later on, uh, what do you call that? They went try build one tower to pre, uh, to save them if God was to flood the world again. Mm. Okay, right? It's it's uh, it's uh, it's amazing to me what Elegy White says. Let's go to it. In those days, all men were not in the fullest sense heathen idolaters. And then this blew my mind, this first sentence. Right? I mean, for God to 
decided, I'm going to wipe this thing clean, you think that they would have reached that point? Huh? Remember now, our studies as in Noah's day. Noah's day. Not in the fullest sense, heathen idolaters. In other words, they knew the truth. Carol used the word sitting on the fence. I used the word lukewarm. Have I got your attention now? <laughs> lukewarm was used to describe what church, folks? The this seventh year, church. Year. Yeah. The prophecy. Yeah, this year. Right? Lukewarm. Straddling both sides. Many had a knowledge of God and of his law. But in their grand works of sculpture, in their works of art, they profess to be honoring God by representing him in the works of their own hands, in the similitudes which they had made of God. These works of art were worshipped as God, and the creator was forgotten. First commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. What's the second commandment? Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. What kind of graven image did these guys make? Image of God. Image of God. Image of God. Icons. Saints. Mm -hmm. Did you see how these things apply again in the world today? And God clearly forbade the making of these images any likeness of anything in the heaven above, the earth beneath, and in the water under the earth. The class who professed a knowledge of God were the ones who had the greatest influence, hear this, and took the lead in making none effect his words spoken to them by no. This class, who knew God, they're the ones undermining the work of Noah to the point where nobody listened to Noah. Only one who listened to Noah was his family. Because believers, I mean, can you imagine if a preacher, if, 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 if a powerful preacher told you this, if a non-believer came to you and said, don't believe that guy, that guy doesn't carry any water in your, in your estimation, in our estimation. But if another preacher comes to you and tells you, you know, what the guy is saying is not from the Bible, this is what he says, gives you his own interpretation of the verse that the guy is, you see what I'm saying? This is why it's the people that will undermine and, 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 uh, But I will, you know, for lack of a better, the submarinely efforts of Christians who are trying to warn the world are fellow Christians. There's always two groups, yeah. You know, because they carry, you know, they carry some credibility with them, right? Yes. Oh, hey, I know, I know my Bible. What the guy saying is not right. And this is exactly what happened in Noah's day. And in the days of Noah, like today, this is going to happen again. This is why when people tell me, you know, I, I, I worry about, uh, you know, the Catholic Church and so forth. That's, my, that's the least of my worries. What I'm worrying about, what I worry about is another Seventh-day Adventist pastor telling me that one, what another Seventh-day Adventist pastor told me is wrong. When these two cannot agree. That's what, what worries me. And if they, they have great credibility, you know, I mean, that is... Exactly what I'm reading this is wow. Look at what the devil does. They not only these this ones, believers, you know, who knows them truth, they not only rejected the message of the faithful preacher of righteousness themselves of Noah, but like their master, the devil, get this. They sought every means in their power to prevent others from believing mm. and being obedient to God. Mm. Folks, can you see how we can tell one from the other? What is Ellen G. here? What's the key? 
obedience to God. Forget about the flowery words they use in their sermons, Bible study, whatever. If the end result is obedience to God, follow it. If the end result is, you know, you don't have to obey that. Be careful. But like the mass of the devil, they sought every means in their power to prevent others from believing and being obedient to God. To everyone comes their day of trial and of trust. While Noah was sounding the note of warning of the coming destruction of their generation, was the day of opportunity and privilege to become wise unto salvation. But they gave their minds to the control of Satan rather than God, and he deceived them as he did our first parents. The world before the flood reasoned that for centuries the laws of nature had been fixed. The recurring seasons had come in their order. The rivers and brooks had never passed their boundaries, but had borne their waters safely to the proud sea. Fixed decrees had kept the waters from overflowing their banks. But these reasons did not recognize the hand, the capital age, that had stayed the waters, saying thus, far shall thou go and no farther. As time passed on without any apparent change in nature, men began to be reassured whose hearts had trembled at times with fear. They basically said, no, no, don't worry about it. Life is gone. Rain today, sunshine tomorrow. Hurricane today will rebuild tomorrow. Tsunami today, yeah, rebuild. They felt secure in the unbelief. Man, this, this sentence, this, this flawed. Can you imagine a state where you become secure in your unbelief? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I pray, and I'm sure all of us here, whenever we go into the region of unbelief, it, we feel guilty. We know we're doing something wrong, right? We know, Lord, please help me here. Help me here in my unbelief. Right? But these people felt secure in their unbelief. They reasoned then, as men reason now, as though nature was above the God of nature. And her ways were so fixed that God himself could not change them, thus making in the minds of the world God's messages of warning a delusion, a grand deception, reasoning that if the message of Noah was correct, nature would be turned out of a course. Oh, John, that cannot be right. This is how it's always been. What is Alan G. White trying to tell us in this quote here from Science of the Times? He's saying that in these times, the people that you really got to be aware of the people that know a little bit of the truth. But the only thing that separates them from you and I is they are not obedient. They know the truth, but they don't obey. Because obedience is missing. They know the truth. Obedience is missing. You know, the Bible says, oh, if you say you believe, good for you. Even the devils believe. Right? Do you know the difference there? What separates the devil from true belief? Disobedience. He knows there's a God, but there's no big God. His obedience is the key, folks. So, you know, in the book of Acts, we're told that when somebody preaches to you or gives you Bible study, always go back and search the scripture to see whether what that person told you is correct, right? L.G. White is now saying, go further than that. Search the scripture and find out whether this what this person is teaching you is promoting obedience or disobedience. That's a separate. Now, what I've just told you is very heavy. Because, you know, and it just came to me as I'm studying this thing this week. Telling you what he's telling us is the message that somebody tells you, what is it aimed at? What's the final outcome of this? Obedience to God or disobedience to God? 
comments, questions? That's good. It's helpful so that you know what to look for. Like, because it's like, yeah, this person sounds like they know what they're talking about, but but then again, if they're leading you to disobedience, then you know for sure. Like, that's a new one for me. That's really a new one for me. Mm, it's a good one. You know, I'm, I'm somebody that's driven by spirit of prophecy and, and Bible verses. You know, they come at me, I feel I, I'm comfortable and I hear you know, people quoting from Bible verses, you know, in an illogical sense and in, in, in spirit of prophecy. But then you are saying, that's not all. Where is it leading to? Is it leading to obedience to the Creator or not? Wow. <laughs> it's heavy, isn't it? So what is the solemn advice from Jesus to you and me today after going through whatever what we just got through? Christ's message for us today. The days of Noah, Christ tells us, were as the days prior to his appearing in the clouds of heaven. He says, my second coming is going to be just like it did in the days of Noah. So understand what's happening in the days of Noah. Who are the people going against the message, the judgment message in the days of Noah? Same kind of people are going to be going against the message today. And it's not the non-Christians, it's not the non-believers that you need to worry about. What we study today is telling us, be careful of the ones who come with a cloak, sheep's clothing, but a ravenous wolves. How can you tell a ravenous wolf from a sheep's clothing? Disobedience and obedience. That's the only thing you can separate. Noah's day prefigures the present age, the world's redeemer, who knew best the history of the past is the true prophet of the characters of the future. Human nature in those days, uninfluenced by the Spirit of God, is the same in our age. Are we under the influence of the Spirit? Yes. Only if we end up in obedience. Then we know that's where the Spirit, that the Spirit was leading. The Spirit will never lead anyone into disobedience, disobedience to God. Jesus, in his assertions and representations, recognizes Genesis as the words of inspiration. Many admit that the New Testament to be divine, while they show no special regard for the Old Testament scriptures. But these two grand books cannot be divorced. Inspired apostles who wrote the New Testament are continually carrying back the minds of the searchers or scriptures to the old. I mean, folks, when Daniel himself refers to other writers in the Old Testament, what right have we <laughs> in the New Testament not to not to say, oh, you know, there's no, no reason to, to read um, the Old Testament. We've got a we, we have New Testament. I tell them, folks, the New Testament has about, I think, if I remember right, over 300 references to the book of Psalms. Over 300. I think it's the book of Psalms, and I think it's uh, Isaiah after. Uh, there's another one. The Deuteronomy is like fourth of it. Mm -hmm. You cannot divorce these two. As you know, as uh, Paul uh, tells the uh, as we find out in the epistles, you know, prophets of old, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, right, wrote. Since so the same Holy Spirit is writing, that he inspired the writers of the New Testament. So how can we say that the same author of the New is no longer relevant because he wrote the, the books of the Old? He's the author. The Holy Spirit is the author of both those books. Christ carries the minds of all generations, present and future, to the Old Testament. He refers to Noah as a little person. Who else did Jesus refer to as a little person? 
David, who else? Talk to me. Captured the easy ones. Huh? I think Isaiah is one of them too. Did he mention Abraham? What is that? Sorry. Um, did he mention Abraham? Abraham? Yes, of course. Enoch. Enoch. I mean, so here we have it, right? He refers to Noah as a literal person who lived. He refers to the flood as a fact in history. He shows the specification of the generation as characteristics of this age. What's happening in those days is going to happen again today. <coughs> the same opponents to the truth back in those days are going to be the same opponents to the truth today. The truth and life has anticipated the questioning and doubts of men in regard to the Old Testament by pronouncing it divine. Helen G. White is saying here that Jesus Christ mentioned his name specifically because she, he knew that some people would question their validity. So he mentioned them in name to say, if you're going to believe me, then you better realize that these are real people. Study their lives. The truth and the life, capital T, capital F, has anticipated. Jesus has anticipated the questioning and doubts of men in regard to the Old Testament. What did he do? He pronounced them, the, the Old Testament is divine, by naming the very people, naming them. Amen. 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 Any questions, any comments? Wasn't too harsh, was it? No, it's good. Very powerful. It was interesting how it mentioned that the human nature of the men back in Noah's day is similar to what's today. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think, do you realize how sophisticated the opponents of the truth have to be today to be able to convince Folks like you and me. And now we, I'm not saying that we don't need to study anymore, we need to study continually, but we, we, have, we have a pretty good handle so that it's fairly hard for someone to kind of, um, you know, uh, deceive us. But by the very word of Jesus, he says, if it were possible, even the very elect can be deceived by us. Mm. And the only way that can happen is. Two beautiful friends. A pastor preaches this week and says this. Very, very well-respected pastor. Another well-respected pastor comes next week and preaches that that was wrong. So who are you going to believe? What did Ellen Dewey say? Which one leads to obedience? <laughs> I mean, to me. Yeah, I like that. Thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I said, wow. <laughs> Line upon line, verse upon verse, but the end result is which one leads, promotes obedience to the Creator? That's the one you need to follow. It, it's like to kind of reminded me back, like um, when Satan was deceiving the angels. You know, he's credible. You think he stands in God's presence. Cherubim versus cherubim, right? I mean, think yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. Cherubim versus cherubim. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, the angels, do you think they didn't know that one was God and one wasn't? I bet they knew, but this guy was so convincing, right? But the yeah. key is, which one leads to obedience? That was the key. That would have made sure and clarified their mind. So even the angels could have fallen forward, right? right? So same thing in the last days, these last days here, folks, I'm telling you. Yes. As great as some of our preachers are, be very careful. What are they pointing to? What is the fruit of their labor? Is it obedience to the Creator? If it isn't, run away. I'm telling you now. Open, you know, 
with an open heart. Run away if it does not lead to obedience. Joyful obedience, as I was saying. Amen. Amen. Any comments? Any? I just wanted to. I just wanted to say too, like this morning when I was reading about when Satan was trying to tempt Christ, he even used the Word of God. Yeah. And like quoted most of it, but left out like an essential part of obedience. Yeah. <laughs> but, the key to the key to here. He did everything right except obey. Yeah. That was a missing thing. And that's a key thing. Obedience. Did everything. Also in Sabbath school, it, um, Joshua was talking about um, how it, Deuteronomy points back to how Jesus pointed to the Bible with, with the words, it is written. Like it is written, you know, man shall not live by bread alone. Yeah, the... Sabbath school lesson today is all about how a lot of Bible writers quoted Moses' words in Deuteronomy. You know, like as I've said before, I've uh, studied under a lot of people that have uh, allowed me, in the, the, the great humility, that have allowed me to stand on their shoulders so that I can look further than them. And other people will do that to me too, you know? And that's how we grow business, right? Because you're only gonna be judged by the amount of light that was uh, revealed to you by God. Your judgment, that's, that's, your, that's your metric. Right? I mean, if you went to, if you're in grade 12, God is not gonna test you with a test for grade six. If you're in grade six, God is not a test with a test for grade 12. It depends on the level of light that's shown on you, right? And so, you know, I mean, right? that Waterhouse always tells me this. He says, John, I tell him something. He says, man, I'm glad you're standing on my shoulders. Because now I can see what I didn't see before. And he said, John, it's going to happen to you too. Some of your students are going to say things to you that blow your mind. And that's wow, I didn't see that before. Guess what? They stood on their shoulder to go further than you. And the key here as a teacher, as a mentor, is to be humble enough to allow someone to stand on your shoulder. Don't feel threatened by it. You're going to be just where you, you know, to the amount of light that was uh, shown to you. But your student is going to be just more light. You always tell them that. But that's how we learn. But the key to all of this is one thing, one thing on the irrefutable, unmovable goal of this is joyful obedience to the Word of God. Joyful obedience to the Word of God. Uncompromising on this matter. You've got to be uncompromising with them. Whether you judge what to preach on, whether you want to decide whether what you heard is correct from a preacher or a Bible, a Bible teacher, wow. ask yourself, where does it lead to? Joyful obedience to every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Amen. 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 God bless everyone. Uh, Thank you. God bless you, bro. Thank you, John. God bless. Thank you so much. Um, let's uh, have a word of prayer. Kelly, why don't you lead up? Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word and your truth. Thank you for um, speaking through Brother John um, and reminding us uh, how we know what is right, to follow what's right, and that's what leads us to joyful obedience. And we pray as we um, continue on in our daily lives um, uh, that we will seek you with all our heart and um, to not be deceived, even though the devil is constantly on us. Um, but we thank you, Lord, that there, you are there to help us. 
and um, I pray for um, this ministry uh, and that it'll continue to grow and go beyond what we have here um, and be with Mike too in school, help him with his classes and um, help him to get through um, and accomplish what the plans we have for him. And we thank you for um, Eileen and Simolo. They're, we continue to be with them, continue to heal Eileen. And yes. thank, it was good to see them in church today. And thank you for Chad and Auntie Carol too. And continue to be with them and Lori and whoever else, Lord. Um, that we, we will live according to your glory and honor. And look forward to being with you soon. Thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Bless week. God bless. Thank, Thank you. God bless everybody. God bless you. See you later. Hey, Mikey. God bless you, Mrs. All right. We'll do, Uncle. Thank yeah. you. God bless. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for stopping by the Chat Show Podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's program. Please remember to come back for more interviews, programs, music, and others that you might enjoy. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast or YouTube channel of Chat Show. And I hope you have a great day in the Lord. Aloha.